out loud said amen. amen and basically gave you the title if you will after me repeat after me the purpose and power of belonging from the book of John chapter 17 it'll be a springboard I won't read it right up front but I will catch it as we go along frankly I want to talk a little bit by way of testimony about my experience with this church before I came when I was here still here really and uh, as I moved along in the ministry launched out in the ministry I think it's important for us to all understand that this is important stuff Connecting in. It's not about just coming and listening. It's about being a part, an integral part of it. I had a brick in my, in my, in my trunk. I wasn't going to throw and break a window or nothing, but I had a brick. That brick, I looked at it, I picked it up out of my yard. You don't know, I, I, I didn't take it off the house, but I, I took, it, took it off the property. And that brick has three holes in it. And it just, and if, if, if somebody came from another planted or something, they'd look at it, they'd know what it was about. Now, Ernest T. Bass knows what to do with bricks, if you're old enough. Those who are laughing are the old people. All right? <laughs> you know, uh, he was throwing rocks, and Andy said, stop throwing rocks. He said, I promise I will not throw any rocks, right? Andy walks away, he says, didn't say nothing about no brick, right? <laughs> and he wanted to break the window to get his Ramona, his sweet Ramona's attention. Well, you can throw a brick. That's one thing you can do with a brick. You can stack things up with a brick. You can use it as a doorstop, paving, pavers, all these different things. But that's not the purpose of a brick. A brick was made to be joined together with other bricks. And it uses mortar. Those three holes are for that extra mortar to go down into it, to sink in. And then the mortar gets hard. And the fact is, if a hurricane came here, it would be quite likely be unlikely that it would blow this building down because it is fortified with bricks that are held together. That's what you are before God, and that's what we are as a church. Any success that this church has ever <coughs> achieved is because each brick did its part. And that's what we need to hear when we hear that there is purpose and power in belonging. I am so glad that I came along on the journey with this church. I was a part of another church that I really loved. They were family to me and still are in my heart. But God started dealing with me. Um, and and I, I wish I hadn't come in about 1985, 84, 85, as we were invited from the church we were part of to this fall festival thing on October 31st or thereabouts. Uh, it, on Bull Street. How many of you are here from been uh, at Bull Street? One, two, three, yeah, about six, seven of you guys, and probably much more than that, um, uh, who, are, who are not here. We came in and we saw something really exciting. It that was the first time overcoming. It was called overcoming faith at that time. It first time it dug into my heart. There was something attractive about it. There was energy here. There was direction. There was, I couldn't explain it. I said, man, these guys are going somewhere. And I was kind of jealous. I still love my church, but I saw something's going on here. We went on about our, we've been on about our business, and eventually Pastor Rick was invited by the pastor, my pastor, to speak, to preach. And it was the first time in my life that I saw 
that Peter and John and James and all those guys, they were real hu human beings. You know, we use that word, St. John, you know, St. Thomas, St. And we push them way up there at the top. And they're the guys we are supposed to aspire to. Pastor Rick just brought them right on back down to earth where they belonged. And that's a good thing because now I know that whatever they accomplished, I could do something um, um, in where I am very much like that or even greater works, he said. And he brought them, he made them practical. And I wondered, how in the world did this man do this? And I got jealous again. He eventually founded the Word Alive Bible School. And uh, I resisted going because I felt like I knew the Word. You know what I mean? I knew the Word. I mean, going to Bible school. And uh, he was inviting me. He even offered me a scholarship to come. And I just still resisted like a dummy. And eventually, he off offered a course called Neuthetic Counseling. Uh, Neuthetic comes from a word in Greek that means to lovingly confront with the Word of God. And it had its, some of its uh, underpinnings were psychology. I majored in psychology. And I was curious. So a lot of the theories that I learned were kind of bankrupt because they were made on the, like the medical model, they called it. Like there's something, you know, something wrong with you medically. That's why you act up. And I realized from the Word of God, no, we act up because we are morally jacked up. You know, and, um, and I wanted to know what this was about. So I said, yeah, let me just sign up. He wasn't offering the scholarship at that time, so I had to go ahead and pay for it. <laughs> the first night I was caught, it was unbelievable. And I went, oh, no. And as time went on, the Spirit of God began to deal with me. And I came to the place where I realized... <laughs> I think I'm supposed to move over here. That was hard because I was the assistant pastor where I was. And, and the churches were friends. Oh, that was a tough one. But the Lord doesn't, you know, you ever know that he doesn't relent? He doesn't change his mind. You ever know that stuff? He's just stubborn. I want to call him hard-headed, but I need his anointing today, so I won't. He just kept after me. And I realized I had to go. And it all came to a crisis in my heart. And one night, we were there in the bed, and uh, my wife, we were there in bed, <laughs> was married to me. And I, was, I woke up out of sleep shaking, and it shook the bed. And she says, what's the matter? What's going on? I said, I got to talk. And I said, we got to go. Broke my heart. You know, and... The names that they called me, I would have called me that too, you know, because <laughs> it looked bad. But I had to go. When God calls you to go, you better go. I look today at where we are. We're by no means where God, all the, where God wants us to be. But, oh my God, if I had missed that one turn in the road have no clue who I would have been. I'm so glad I decided to come. This church has meant the absolute world to me and my family. So glad I came. I know what's important about being a member somewhere. 
not just a casual observer. But when God deals with your heart and things are, you know, you kind of vibrate with the same frequency as something else around you. I can't explain it to you, but you know I'm, I'm supposed to connect with that in some way. Make the move. No matter what you have to lose. No matter how much pain it causes you. You must obey Jesus. He knows where you need to be. And when he tells you to come, be all the way in. Don't play with it. Get involved. You are important. If you walked up to this building and one brick was missing, you would forget about all the other bricks and wonder why in the world is there a hole in that building. And that's what it looks like when you're not plugged in. I realized earlier on that it was important. It's important because God designed us to belong. You can't help yourself. I mentioned Abraham Maslow yesterday, and a slight correction. I don't know whether Crystal is here or not, but I was told that Miss Crystal said that. I said Abraham Maslow, which you learn about. You, you learn about him in your 101 psych, all right, psychology. Uh, and I was, it was correct, thank God for this, because now I'm streaming now. I really have to tell the truth. Uh, there are five levels of needs that human beings have. I said four. Crystal, give me a break. It's 44 years ago, okay? <laughs> Your first level of need is physiological need. You need your body working right. Second thing you need is safety. And if you don't have those two, you can't go on to the next level. And that big level is belonging. I got to feel like I belong somewhere. I plug in. And that's the one we're talking about today. We know esteem is the next one. And finally, self-actualization. Don't worry about those. Look it up. Google it. All right? But belonging is extremely important. It is at the foundation of who you are. No man, we learned it in elementary and middle school, is an island. No man stands alone. Even islands stand with every other country in the world, don't they? We're all connected together. And I think we need to hear this even more these days because um, we have so many ways to receive spiritual information. It is inundating. It is unbelievable. You can just click. Tap, you can get just about, you can probably get half of the churches in the world just by touching right here, which is really good, and it can be really bad. You can get some really bogus information out here too. But we have all these ways, and we can come up with a mindset that says, I don't need to be a part of that. I can get my word in my house. I can get my word right in my car. I can get my word wherever I want to get it. I can, you know, I can, no. That's dangerous because you belong. You belong to people. I know people hard-headed. All y'all hard-headed but me. But, you know, but, but we, got to <laughs> we got to learn how to love each other in spite of each other and maybe even because of each other. You realize that you can't forgive people unless they do you in. And God says you need to learn how to forgive. How will you ever forgive if nobody ever sins against you? You ought to thank God for people who are stupid and, and nasty and ugly and foolish. God gives you two or three of them at least in your life so you can practice the word. Clap your hands and say amen. You need those people. You need to be hard. No, you don't need to be hard-headed, but you're going to be hard-headed sometimes. And somebody's going to need to forgive you. We need each other, all human beings. We're here all for the same reason, and that is to learn 
how to love God together. You know, before I belonged here, what I saw was a sense of family. And interestingly enough, the slogan for this church is the place for the total family. I found it to be true. This place had family and it had direction. When I joined, I had a sense. I kind of had a sense of where God wanted me to go, but I didn't know exactly what it's supposed to look like. It was kind of like a shotgun blast, and I just wanted to obey God. That's all I knew to do. And if you don't know where God has plugged you in, just say, I just want to obey you. Whatever you say, I am going to be about the business of doing it. It doesn't matter what I want. Basically, most things in your life, you're not going to like doing them. You don't have to like doing them. You just have to do what God says. That's our job. You can't do what you want to do. You have to do what God says. And the beautiful thing about him <laughs> is that when you start doing what he wants you to do, even if you don't like it, it becomes a part of you. And after a while of obedience, you feel like you can't live without doing what he called you to do. Amen. I never wanted to be somebody's pastor. I would have, out of all the jobs in the world, this would have been one of the last ones to pick. But this ain't no joke. Look at me sitting up here, a sitting duck. I might forget the next words that's supposed to come out of my mouth, and I'm going to be scared to death if they, if they don't come out right. But what I have learned is that when he calls you, he equips you, he appoints you, he anoints you, and he gets the job done. Does he do it for you? I learned that by belonging. When I came to this church, I said, Pastor Rick, I'm kind of messed up because I loved where I was. I didn't want to leave. And all I want to do is sit on the back row. That's all. Because I believe God told me to watch you. There's something on you. I just need to see it. I need to watch it. I need to witness it. And he said, that's good because I'm not going to make you anything here anyway. <laughs> Very straightforward man. And I said, I'm so glad you're not going to make me anything because if you made me something, I wouldn't know whether God did it or not. He said, but Greg, if you have a gift that fits in here, there will be nothing you can do, I could do, or anybody else could do to stop it from rising up. I said, yes, sir. And over the course of time, I begin to plug in here, plug in there before you know it. Years go by. Next thing you know, they're kicking me to the curb to Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> Scared to death, but knew that I was backed by a beautiful church. People who were rooting for me, rooting for our family. And boy, we needed it all. It was tough but I was equipped. You know why? Because we got plugged in here. I don't want to cry, so we'll move on. Because God designed us for the purpose of belonging, we find our highest fulfillment when we do. 
sense of being community, the sense of belonging is at the heart of what it means to be the church. How can you be the church if you're not together? That's what the church is. The word is ecclesia. The Greek that says called out, basically called out of the world to come together to be one, to show the world what Jesus looks like in all his varying facets. So that when someone sees how you shine for Jesus, they have a doorway into seeing Jesus and an entry point into the church of the living God. Somebody somewhere impressed you with what Jesus looked like. You might not be conscious of it, but somebody somewhere did. And it attracted you. It attracted you. And your job is to do your part here in the church so that you can shine in a way that people will see your good works and glorify your Father. This, frankly, is an evangelistic thing you're doing here today. Coming together, hearing together, greeting together, praying for each other together. I prayed for somebody yesterday right here. Talked to somebody else who was saying, man, I just, man, my future looks like so much is going on. I said, stop. Be in today. You never get to tomorrow. Now is the time. Just live in this moment and enjoy this moment. Because you never get the next moment. You always have this moment. Brother said, wow, got it. We just hook in together and great things can happen. Now before us is the challenge to use every method at our disposal to create and maintain the unity and the belongingness of the church. And there, there are many things that compete. They compete for our loyalty. Many things. There are so many ways, like I said, to, to receive the word of God. It's almost inundating. And you could almost understand the logic of some people says, man, I want to be fooling around with people. I just want to learn about God, you know, and, and not have to, you know, get up on a Sunday morning, whatever day I come to church and just come. In. Why do I need to come and sit down when I can just sit in my chair and watch? You know, thank God for streaming audience. Thank God. It's just an extension of the room to tell the truth. But it's, it's an extension if you are going to vow the same thing the people in this room are vowing. And that is we are going to do something about what we heard. We're going to go out and connect with people and make sure everybody knows we are connected with this building even if we can't come to this building because the building is not the church. Amen. Amen. It is the called out ones of God. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. The strategies of hell will never prevail against it. Got the text, John 17 yet? Talk for a while so you could get it. All right. You want to get Colossians chapter 2, you can get that too. That would be the next one. I love the words of Jesus. He was at the, the close of his, the earthly, fleshly, bodily ministry. And he was talking to his disciples because he knew those 12 were going to be the ones who were the foundation for everything that we know in the body of Christ at that time in that geography and by extension almost 2,000 years later all over the world and boy the Word of God has gone just about all over the world we still have work to do amen, amen. but he said to them in his prayer and Lord knows if you want anybody to pray for you you want Jesus you know why his prayers get answered. 
Here it is, verse 20, John 17. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever, this is New Living Translation, all who will ever believe in me through their message. He's talking about you. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am you in you. And may they all be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. You hear all that belonging going on? May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. You hear that? May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. The Father loves you just as much as he loves his son. That's scary. And it's so comforting to know. And he says, our unity will tell the whole world that the Father sent Jesus to us. See, the New Testament takes it for granted, folks, that we're going to join together with the other Christians in the connection in the local church. God invented the church. He also invented the local church. About 17 different uh, churches or more are mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, the Corinthians were a church. The Ephesians, a church. Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. The Hebrews were a church. In Revelation, there's seven churches that are mentioned. God loves the church. We can't look down on that as a part of it and not just say, I'm a part of the, the universal church that Jesus has created of all those in heaven and those on earth. No, he said, local church. People who are called out to be together, to covenant together, to trust God together. That's what I saw when I came to this church. Only in that context will your life be fulfilled in the way it should be fulfilled. We are instructed by the word of God not to neglect coming together. You remember that in Hebrews? He says don't neglect it. And, and to consider all kinds of ways that you can connect. We have to think about how we can impact the world. Uh, and others around us through that connection that we're made here. Hebrews 10 does say, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, he said, as you see the day drawing near, how you connected last year should not compare with how much you connected this year. That's what he's saying. We need to assemble more and more. Find ways to be together even more as the day of the Lord approaches. There's something important about it. The way society is going. Man, I don't even have to talk to you about politics. They can talk about themselves. I mean, this has been such a... We need popcorn to watch this election. We don't need to talk a whole lot about it. Just pray and say, Lord, which one? <laughs> and it's going to take some discernment <laughs> to do it. That's Forrest Gump says, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> he says, come together. Now, that coming together, that being present, 
we have to think about it in new ways. All right? It can take on all kinds of meanings. Because we got live streaming. Thank you all for, for, for streaming in. I don't see you, but you know what? Somehow I feel you. And I believe you feel like you're a part of this here. Because we have to think about it in new ways. We don't have to have a 20,000 person auditorium. But you can get 20,000 people to connect in with church. And it can be a, a very explosive thing. Just as the folks in this room, they came, they, they, they sang together. We sang the same things together. Tried to dance. I tried. Y'all did. I tried. And we give and we do it generously. Because I'm telling you, the world gives to its causes. You hear me? And some of them give a whole lot more than the tithe. They're giving millions of dollars to these candidates. I heard one of them spent $40 million and still lost. And these people out here looking for other people they can give their money to. And we're standing there going, 10 cent or 10%? I don't know. I'm scared. I might not have. Man, these people are not thinking that way. They believe in their causes. We need to believe in ours. Clap your hands if you agree with me. Not play around with it. Not be scared. You're scared to give what God gave you. It's not yours anyway. You're the usher who ushered into the house of God. We need to learn how to be present. Colossians 2 and 5, if you have that, it says for, listen, listen to what Paul said about being present. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit. When you streamed, and some of you do stream, when you do it sometimes in the month, you feel connected. Before our service at 10 o'clock in Columbia, a lot, of, a lot of the time, I click in on this, I'm sitting in my desk, well, come on, Pastor Rick, inspire me. Come on, I got to go up there and preach. Come on now. And these beautiful songs that we hear and all the things that are going on at this church, they are, they are just motivating and exciting to me. I click in from Columbia. And it's important to do that. He said, yet I am with you in spirit, joying, rejoicing, he said, basically. And beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. New Living Translation says, For I, though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. That's all God wants from you. He wants your heart. Because if you put your heart somewhere, everything else you got will follow it there. You ever fall in love with somebody? Lord knows I did. I've still got it bad, right? This girl right here. I mean, I don't care if she spends all the money. I don't. Because my heart is there. I, she, and she said, well, I gave my brother this, or I did this, or I did that. Are you telling me? She can spend it all. I didn't marry no fool, though. <laughs> I know she ain't going to spend it all. But you know, if she did it all, I know she'd have a good reason. Because I trust her. My heart is invested. I don't even see my check. She is the administrator at the church. I assume that I got paid. <laughs> she doesn't even give me the stuff. We have direct deposit. She doesn't even give me my stuff. She doesn't even bring it in my office. Everybody else gets their stuff. I don't get no stuff. <laughs> but that's all right. Because I know it's safe. Totally and completely. See? And that's what happens when your heart is somewhere. You don't, you don't wonder what the church is doing. Your money. Why are you a part of somewhere you're skeptical about it? Amen. Get out of there. Yeah. 
or you get that mess out of you, one of the two. You didn't really give it to them anyway because money is not a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. I mean, you think that little piece of paper is a real, is that real money? That's, that's a certificate. It says it. You spend it so fast, don't even read the thing. This is a certificate of legal tender for all debts, right? Private and public. It's not money. It is a symbol that somehow spiritually money is around you. You know what? And you're scared. I'm giving my money to that church. You didn't give your money to the church. You gave that certificate to it. You pressed and electronic stuff happened. You didn't get money. You gave it to God. Amen. Why are you scared that your money is not safe in God's hands? Get it right before we leave here, folks. We need to get it right. These people, they have proven themselves to be honoring. I'm not trying to convince you. You already know. I'm just talking to two or three people in here looking at me sideways like this. <laughs> Man, these people have proven themselves over decades of time. If they say this is where we need to go, it's time to go. Patrick said we'll get ready to build a building years ago. And I said, let's do our part. Our council, uh, our council unanimously said, we're going to give 25000 to that. We've given 10 of it already. I don't care if I don't see no building yet. That don't even bother me. God talks to my pastor, and we're ready for that next 15 when the next phase starts. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, you need to clap because you're ready too. <laughs> oh, yes. You ever heard somebody say, man, man, I just come there for the word. <laughs> I hate hearing that. One of the members of our church said that years ago. Man, I don't worry about all these people in here, man. I just come for the word. That confused me. I just come for the word. Uh, dude, newsflash, the word say love people and connect in with people. The word tells you all kinds of things to do with people. I don't care about these people, right? I just come for the word. The word is involved with people. Oh, I get it. You just come to hear the word, don't you? And not to do it. Hello. Felt that one, didn't you? You just come to hear it. He told on himself. Pretty soon he was gone, but I hope he's hooked in where he is now. Man, we got to put up with the mess. of other, That's why we don't want to be a part of it, because people are messy. God, though, loves. He loves messy kids. He loves people who's you know, peanut butter gets on other people's chocolate and just, oh my God, you made me mad. Good, pray about it. And you'll be all right. You grow when people bug you and they rub you the wrong way. That's when you grow. You don't grow just hanging around saying hallelujah all day long. You're saying hallelujah anyhow. That's what makes you grow. When I chose to belong, I needed some things. I needed a balanced understanding of God's word. And my Lord, this church is so balanced. I hear so much error all over the place. There's a balance here. There's an accepting family here. This is just my testimony, y'all. You can say, why are you talking about you need to do the word? I just told you the word just a second ago. I'm applying this. An accepting family. We were hurt and jangled. Man, the Nelsons, oh my God, they were our stewards. We had stewards back then. And Oh, they just calmed us down. They were stability for us. 
Barry Kennedy sitting over there. He was rooting for my family. He was always praying for me. I needed it. I was jangled. I felt like people thought I had betrayed them when I left where I was. But man, when God says go, it really, in the final analysis, does not. It matters, but it don't matter what they think about you. I had to do what I had to do. They didn't realize how bad I was, how much pain I was in. I was jangled for months. And these people calmed me down. The Youngs, and I can just name all of them, the Johnsons, all these people, they just, they, they just gathered around. Didn't even know what they were doing to heal me. But the, the association did it. And I could stand up on my feet. You know what? Every one of those folks at that church, they came back and said, I'm sorry, we just loved you. That's why we felt so bad. They're some of the, they're the salt of the earth. But sometimes you have to make a choice that looks to other people like hate. You got to do that. It looks to other people, even to your family sometimes, like you hate them. You don't. But your love has to be so white hot for Jesus that what other, whatever other love you got in your life needs to look like hate if you choose against them. But you don't hate them. And when you make your choice, whatever pain you have to go through, that's what I told Jesus, whatever pain, whatever discomfort, I got to do it because it got to be the right thing to do because you said to do it. And my Lord, it has made all the difference. Opportunities to use my gifts, training for the ministry, oh my gosh. A challenge to step out of my comfort zone. I love the comfort zone. How many of y'all love the comfort zone? Raise your hand. Stop lying in church if you don't raise your hand. You love the comfort zone. Everyone see you lying. You lying in church. How many of you love just the comfort zone? I mean, not being pushed and tested beyond your limits. Come on now. I'm going to stand here till you raise your hand. I ain't got but a minute or two left now. I go ahead and cooperate with me. I, 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 I hated stepping out. I was the last person to ever step, step out. I was scared of my own shadow. Y'all don't understand. I'm not supposed to be standing up here talking to people. Ask my family. I'm not supposed to be doing this. But when Jesus prepares you, you are afraid of no man. I can't afford to be afraid because I got a job to do, a charge to keep, my Baptist church told me. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save. Come on now, and fit it for the sky. Do everything I can in this, you know, in this present age to, to, to my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all, my daddy used to say, oh, may it all, my powers engage to do my master's will. Might as well, life is short, man. Might as well go out and blaze a glory, right? You're gonna look at me, don't look back regretting what you didn't do. Let me try to close it up here. I stepped out and I felt the combined support of this church when we moved to Columbia, South Carolina. I couldn't have done it. We couldn't have done it without you all. Just nice words, smiles when we came back, prayers. This church paid my salary in Columbia for a year and a half. Now that's commitment. That's commitment. That's big time until things caught, caught hold and didn't ask for a thing in return. That's belonging, y'all. That's what it's all about. You know, I liken belonging to a church to buying a, a ticket, flying on an airplane. Some things I know about flying on an airplane. I agreed with the destination. That's why I bought a ticket. Why am I arguing that I didn't go to Chicago 
when I bought a ticket to Albuquerque? Why am I mad that the plane didn't go right when I wanted to? You know what I'm saying? I understood that I couldn't fly the plane. If you see me in the cockpit, run! I don't know what I'm doing. I got lost up there. These people know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I like it that as a church. There are things I don't know that this church is doing, and I, and I wonder why, but it's okay because they know what they're doing. My job is to sit in my chair and do what they tell me to do and fly together. I, I agreed by getting on the plane. I didn't have enough information to know why, uh, uh, all the reasons why there were mid-course mid corrections. They were getting around the turbulence or flying through it. I was clear that there were certain things that I, I could do to endanger the flight. Some knuckleheads have endangered flights. And finally, I, I made the decision that the pilot and the flight attendants were there to help me. And you know what? They have helped me. Let me conclude like this. When we moved into the building we were in, things got tight right at the edge of the, reception, at the, uh, the recession. We, was, we were toughing it out for the last seven years. Long time. And to top it off, the, the, the icing on top of the cake, did you guys hear about that flood that went through Columbia, South Carolina? Lord have mercy, you better be glad you live here. That was crazy. One of my church members almost drowned in her house. The water was up here. She couldn't swim. Her little six-year-old, she's trying to hold him above the water. And then there was flashes of electricity popping all around her. This is the stuff we went through. Babies, newborn babies had to be held up above the water. Houses totally underwater. You don't have a conception until you see it. And when you see it, you don't believe this is happening. And this stuff happened on a Saturday, and the people in the governor say, don't go to church Sunday. I said, Lord, we need them offerings. We need them offerings. But thank God, you know, I listened to my pastor, and he says, you better get that online giving. Years ago, and we did that, but they tell me, man, if you don't come in the building, a lot of people say, oh, well, they don't give it. I didn't ask for a thing, but Pastor Rick called me when he found out what was going on. You know what he said? What's going on, Greg? I said, well, <laughs> nobody coming to church Sunday. He knew how tight things had been. You know what he did? from things that you have given, money you have given to this church, he said, we got you back. They gave a substantial gift to us. Amen. Then he said, Joyce, you are part of this too. <laughs> Pastor Joyce Hall, you're in this too. She said, yes, I am. Boom, another big gift. And then a church from a pastor who was my assistant, he's in a church across town. They weren't affected like we were. Boom, another one. Can I just say, we are seriously in the black. Amen. You know why? Because we belong, baby. We're family. And that's what family does. Amen. Stand up on your feet and let's pray about it. That's what belonging is all about. <sighs> Thank God for belonging. Let's pray. Father, I testify that this church has had our back. When I was down, Lord, and didn't know what else to do, got a call from a pastor. Got a smile from people when I walked into this building and prayers. When it seemed like I was unappreciated and was, all kinds of things were happening, appreciation came from home. When I didn't know what to do, I got ideas and motivation from my church. 
resources were low, they came to our rescue. Now we're on footing, we're firm, and we're doing things we've been dreaming about. Thank you, Lord, for the commitment of membership. Thank you for the protection that unity brings. Thank you, Lord, that it all boils down to working itself out and serving you for your glory. Then, Peter said, then everything we do, Lord, will bring glory to you through our Lord and our Savior. Jesus Christ. Heads about, please. Eyes are closed. Just, just a private moment. We're here together, praying together. There's nothing like united prayer. Please, online, pray with us. We're all the church together. We're praying right now for at least one, maybe ten, there may be more people in this room. Or maybe you're watching online. You haven't given your heart to Jesus Christ. You haven't belonged to him. We are parts of the body of Christ. We're members together. And that Jesus says, unite together in the local church. You may be here in this room and you're saying, I need to start a life with Jesus, Pastor. I need to ask Jesus to come into my heart. I need him to forgive me of my sin nature and to make me right with God. Friend, if you're saying that in any of the, the ways that I've said it, in whichever way your heart is saying it, right here in this room, you're saying, I need Jesus Christ, Pastor, and I want to start a life with him right now. And I want to signify that as these folks here in this room were so polite and their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed. You want to signify it, though, publicly by slipping up your hand. Don't wait. Slip it up right now. Yeah, me, Pastor. Raise it high over your head. I want to start a life with Jesus. Thank you right there. I see you. Could you clap for that one person? That is beautiful. Beautiful. I saw you, man, on the front row. I saw you. I saw you. That's beautiful. Anybody else? Anybody's got that kind of humility, that kind of courage? Because you're not going to last. You're gonna, it's not going to work right if you're not connected in with the local church. That's part of prescription. Anyone else at all? You need to be born again to do that, though. Can we pray for that one person? That's a beautiful thing because all heaven rejoices when one soul gets connected. One more brick in the house. Could you touch the hands of somebody next to you? Please do that and make sure everybody's hand is touched because you might be the person who was standing next to you who did it. And I want to pray along with that. Now, brother, I want you to pray along with me. Everybody's going to pray along with us. They're not going to even hear you because they, they're pretty loud folks. These are Savannah folks. They're loud, all right? We're going to pray together, but I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just pray, Oh God, oh God I, believe I believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. I ask Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord from this day forward I am starting a life with him come on in Jesus save my soul walk with me for the rest of my life I place my life into your hands I receive you as Savior and Lord you are mine and I am yours in the name of Jesus Clap your hands, everybody, for him and say, amen, 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 right? Somebody shout, it is so. It is so. It is so.